Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. Hello and welcome aboard the Sing Second Sports Podcast with me, John Schofield, co-host Ward Carroll, and special guest from the Capital Gazette, Bill Wagner. Chris Cervello is the producer, Jimmy the Greek, and Nigel working the board and Old Man Radio. This is a big week for Naval Academy Sports. Uh, We have our second biggest rivalry and another game against a top 10 team in the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They were recently ranked number 10 in this week's college football playoff poll, the very same poll that ranked number two, Cincinnati at six. Uh, First, let's talk about Notre Dame really quick before I kick it over to Wags. Navy and Notre Dame meet for the 94th time in series history on Saturday. It's a 3.30 kickoff at Notre Dame Stadium, and I'm going to steal it from Bill Wagner under the shadow of touchdown Jesus. The two programs are among the winningest teams in college football history. Notre Dame is sixth all-time, while Navy ranks number 23. Um, but this weekend is a tad different with two teams going in opposite directions. Uh, the Irish started the year 4-0. They beat Florida State in overtime before Florida State started tanking. They beat Toledo by not so much. Uh, Purdue, who eventually went on and upset Iowa, and Wisconsin. Um, after losing to that aforementioned Cincinnati team, uh, the Irish have gone on to defeat Virginia Tech in another close one. Uh, USC without their head coach and North Carolina and their incredibly atrocious defense. So this is the continuation of the rivalry that we all thought was going to happen last year, possibly in Navy Marine Corps Stadium. We've never missed a game. You know, we kept their program alive during World War II, blah, 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 all the preamble. And then it goes away and they play an ACC schedule. And now it is back. Um, really excited about next year when Notre Dame comes back and they play the game in M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. But more interested, Bill Wagner, in your take on what's going to happen this Saturday at Notre Dame Stadium. How are we going to win? Do we stand a chance? Over to you for your expert analysis. Please cover a little bit of the two articles that you've already written this week as a preview, um, particularly the player profiles. Over to you, Wag. Well, as always, it's going to be a tough ask. And, you know, Kenny Amatololo mentioned that in 2019, that may have been the best team that Navy's had during his 14-year tenure as head coach. And they went out to South Bend, ranked 23rd, riding high. Offense was explosive and producing lots of points and yards. Defense under first-year coordinator Brian Newberry was vastly improved in holding opponents to low numbers. And it all went poof in uh, at Notre Dame Stadium. And, and, and the Irish just ran away with it. And Ma- Ma- Malcolm Perry, the outstanding quarterback for Navy, helped fuel the route with three fumbles. Uh, but defensively, uh, Navy could not stop the uh, fighting Irish. And Ian Book was the quarterback. He's now with the New Orleans Saints. They're always loaded with NFL talent. Um, but... Brian Newberry, I'll never forget. I had to wait for him outside the visiting locker room for like 25 minutes to come out because he was in there just 
you know, disconsolate because he could, that was the first time that Navy had really gotten, you know, shredded defensively that season. And he came out and admitted he got out coached. He said, sometimes you get out coached. And today I was out coached and he, he, he has vowed not to let that happen again. Um, so I, it'll be interesting to see if the defense can hold up. I think that's the key. Going to have to hold Notre Dame to under 30 points, I believe. We've seen that Navy has trouble getting to 30. Uh, frankly, to have trouble getting to 20. Um, so that then that goes to the offense. Got to have long, time-consuming scoring drives. But you know, the other thing that we mentioned is the explosive plays, which are lacking. And I'm actually doing a notes column and i'm mentioning Ray, navy ranks dead last in the country 130 fps teams and navy is dead last in plays of 10 yards or longer and the higher you go the fewer navy has there only two plays of 40 yards or more for navy this season and that's why that carlinos ac 64 yard run against tulsa was a welcome sight because that's quick points you know, and it's nice. The time-consuming drives, 14 plays, 80 yards, they're nice. They keep the other team off the field, but they're hard to do. You can't drive the field every possession. And an explosive play here and there is nice and gets you into enemy territory quickly and, you know, is a, increases the percentage of you scoring points. So like to see some of those against Notre Dame. Let's get a 50-yard touchdown pass from Ty Lavatai to Michael Cooper will be huge and then last john special teams no more special team blunders not there cannot be one single negative special teams play no block kicks no long returns and that's a problem because their best player kyron williams the tailback he returns kicks and putts so he's a danger do not even kick to the guy do not kick the ball to kyron williams or punt the ball to him all game um you mentioned some of the great players. I mean, it's interesting. They got a Wisconsin transfer at quarterback, Jack Cohn, but they they bring in the backup quarterback at times because I guess Cohn's not a very dynamic runner. And when they want to make the quarterback a running threat, they bring in the backup. I mentioned Kyrian Williams. Their tight end, Michael Mayer, is maybe the best tight end in the country. And on defense, this Isaiah Foskey, look out for him. He is just a destroyer. He is amazing. He ranks highly in, in nationally in tackles for loss, sacks. He is a disruptive force, John. Um, and Notre Dame, to me, their they're calling card is defense. They, they, that is the strength of their team. The offensive numbers actually are rather pedestrian, um, but the defense is dominant. That's the expert analysis we want. So, Ward, I'm going to ask you to comment on two things. Number one, you know, Wags brought up special teams and WAGs brought up the big plays for Navy. I think both of those are going to be handicapped and have been traditionally handicapped um, by the fact that um, we just are not as fast and not as big, particularly against Notre Dame. We saw that against a Marshall team that was bigger and faster. Didn't really think that Air Force was bigger and faster. And let's just make that an aberration. Um, you know, that we just laid an egg that day. But is it possible for us to overcome, like we've done situationally, the two big wins? And I'll ask you guys for your recollections of the two big wins in the last 20 years against Notre Dame. Um, do we have that speed element? Do we have the ability to execute against a team that's so much bigger and faster like Notre Dame? 
John, the short answer on paper is no, but expect to win. And you mentioned special teams, even coach in the post-game press conference after Tulsa said without any caveats that special teams are, are a problem area this year. You know, he says good things about the defense, said good things about the offense. But I think when you mention special teams, that's been a sore spot this year. The big runbacks, the, the, this is what has kneecapped us morale-wise. I think the signature game this year with respect to that phenomenon is the SMU game. Right, We go up 21-7. We're having some big plays. We're having some breaks go our way. It's all high fives on the home sideline. And then they run it back for a touchdown on a kickoff. And then instantly, I mean, we were still up by a touchdown, but you could just tell the air came out of the balloon morale-wise. And shoulders were slumped, and people are staring at their shoelaces, and that was the end of it. And so avoiding those kinds of big plays is problematic. Is it possible? Yes. We've seen big teams make mistakes, have fumbles, throw interceptions. That's all possible. Um, is it likely? On paper, it, no. So um, I have my concerns about this game. Now, I will also say that I've never met alums that are more obnoxious than Notre Dame during my naval service, uh, maybe rivaled by UVA. Um, and I know as an academy guy, that, that might sound like hyperbole, but oh my God, Notre Dame ROTC NRTC alums are obnoxious universally. And I've had to tell that story infinite number of times about how the Navy saved not just the Notre Dame football program, but Notre Dame during World War II by making it an NROTC institution. So, you know, the, this game particularly, it's not quite Army-Navy in terms of winning and losing, but it's it's up there. It's more than Navy-Air Force with respect to my desire to win. So when we win these, and as you said, we'll, we'll talk about those those great games in, in what seems like the distant past now, uh, but we call this a rivalry, that's TBD. And, and it's a rivalry just because we play them every year except for last year. And I'd forgotten all about that. I think that the trauma of them bailing on us was, I buried that in my consciousness. Yeah. So Chris, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, you know, cause Ward brought up a good point. It almost seems like forever ago and, and an afterthought that the game last year supposed to be in Ireland. Then, then there were all these rumors that it was going to be at Navy Marine Corps stadium. We were even planning for this to happen. And all of a sudden it doesn't happen. Um, number one, I, I'm just going to ask you, like, how does it make you feel that the rivalry is back? Um, and then as someone who has been so close to this for so long, and I'm going to go back to word on this after you, you know, what's your fondest memory? You know, we have the four victories, uh, since 2007, there's the great 46 to 44 triple overtime thriller, uh, the 23, 21 win in 2009, the 35, 17 win in 2010. And then finally the 28, 27 thriller in Jayville in 2016, Comment a little bit about your your memories of the rivalry and how what it means to you that it's back. So I don't view it as a rivalry, right? I mean, a rivalry is a game that you have a chance to win year in and year out. I mean, it is something special. I grew up a Notre Dame fan because of all of the things that now I dislike as a graduate of the Naval Academy about Notre Dame. 
Uh, I mean, I, I liked their arrogance. I liked that they were big and strong and that they were this, you know, powerhouse independent. Now I'll say the, the games that I went to as a mid, um, I was always treated very nicely by the folks up at Notre Dame, but I, I, I kind of share Ward's uh, big picture takeaway about, about Notre Dame uh, alums. For me, the best memory was the, the year that we broke that streak. Um, I was with my dad. For me, you know, my dad has since passed biggest Navy fan around the hour embrace in my living room in Norfolk. As we watched that game, we were like an hour late for dinner, uh, you know, because we, there was no way we were going to leave uh, when they, you know, in the fourth quarter. And then when they went to the, to the overtimes. So that to me is like, you know, my, my moment, but like once we, once we beat them, it kind of seemed like we could beat them, you know, even the games that we got our butts kicked, it just seemed like they were, they were gettable. And so now I'll come to this year. I think they're gettable, right? The line is 19 and a half bet Navy and the points for sure. Right. So now I'll put my Jimmy, the Greek hat on. I I think Navy is in this game and, and I, there's something that tells me that Navy wins this game. And we've talked about it before. If they play like they played in the first half against Cincinnati, if they played like they played against UCF, if they played like they played in the first half against SMU, and if they played like they played in the second half like they did against Tulsa, they beat Notre Dame. This is not a good Notre Dame team. This is not a number 10 ranked Notre Dame team. I don't care what the sham of a college poll says. They are beatable, and we need to go into this thinking that we're going to win. Yeah, you heard me reel off their record so far, and the fact that they're number 10 is, is actually kind of comical. Um, in that they could easily be a six-loss team right now, easily. Um, and you know, that's just that's just the way it is. It's the luck of the Irish, I suppose. So Ward, back to you. I'd love to know about your memories because from 79 to 82, Navy scored a grand total of 10 points against Notre Dame in four losses, three shutouts, and the closest. Uh, being no, actually, because you graduated in '82, so uh, '79 they win 14 nothing. '80 they win 33 nothing. '81 they win 38 nothing. You had to be a little bitter because, like, you show up to the Naval Academy right after Joe Montana leaves, and it was like no name Irish quarterbacks, but they're still trouncing us. What's your favorite memory? The uh, Jacksonville game in uh, 2016 because I was there. Uh, I'd just taken over uh, a website with a parent company based right in downtown Jacksonville. And so we went to the game. It was fantastic. And we dominated. It, it was like, to Chris's point, this felt like a real rivalry and that we just owned that game. It wasn't, it was never in doubt. And so that's my favorite memory of, of this, uh, this rivalry. Because uh, you're right. Be- beyond that, it was not even we didn't have a prayer. It didn't seem any time during my time as a mid, um, even with some pretty good teams. So, yeah, that's my favorite memory. Good point. So, Wags, over to you to finish us off. You know, I ask this almost every single time, you know, Navy wins if dot, dot, dot. You know, you already covered special teams. You already covered big plays. Is there a particular player? Is it all, all on Diego? You mentioned how well Mikey uh, McMorris has been playing. How do, how do we secure a victory? And number two, the guy we need to really watch out for on Notre Dame is dot, dot, dot. Probably the tight end that you already mentioned, but who's that person who's going to end up beating us in the end? Because I don't think it's Cohen. Well, 
Ty Lavatai has to have a good game. You know, he's a sophomore quarterback. This will be first trip to South Bend. And we talked to Coach Kenny Amatololo earlier in the week, and he said he's seen guys get big eyes and be in awe and just of the atmosphere. It's, a, it's an incredible atmosphere. It's like an NFL stadium. You go in there, and it's filled to the brim with 80,000 Irish fans. And, you know, it's just it's an incredible place to be. I, it's hard to describe if you haven't been there. And you, Ty Lavatai cannot get big eyes. He's got to come out and play like a veteran and run this offense. Um, a couple turnovers, and it's going to be over. So can't have any fumbles, can't have any interceptions. That's like death knell for Navy in, in trying to pull off a, a stunning upset. And then, yes, Diego, I think I, I think Diego's going to show up big time. He knows the NFL scouts like to see what a guy like Diego can do against a team that has uh, NFL players. And I think Diego's going to show up strong and have a great game, and I hope that bodes well for the defense. I'm confident that Brian Newberry will devise a sound game plan. I feel good that the defense will hold Notre Dame under 30. I don't know, how, not by, probably much, 24, 28 would be nice. So Navy's going to have to score 31 points. Uh, may, meet, may need to manufacture points other than offense. A defensive touchdown, and Diego's deliver those, a fumble recovery and an interception, one of which was nullified, of course, by a penalty, but he can do it. Um, would be nice to get a defensive touchdown. Yeah, as far as Notre Dame, I think that's Kyron Williams, the tailback and returner. And like I said, Navy be insane to kick the ball to him at all. So nullify him as a returner and or negate him as a returner. And But at tailback, he can break one. He did against North Carolina. I think it was a 90-yard run, John. That's the guy that's got me concerned. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's going to take some big plays. It's going to take something special. My prediction is that this is going to come down to how so many of those other games in the middle of us almost getting them um, in the late 90s, early 2000s, the bad spot uh, against, the, against Notre Dame that one year, um, those times that it was heartbreaking. I think that this is going to be a cardiac arrest type of game coming right down to the end with us keeping it close and hopefully sending all of those guys home sad. Ward, I'm going to give you the last, uh, the last word before we go to break. Lest I overdo it with respect to my savaging of Notre Dame, NRTC, squadron mates, et cetera, there is one place in Notre Dame football history that merits respect from any veteran and anyone who's ever served, and that is the sort of golden age of Notre Dame football, the Newt Rockney era. Jack Cheveny was a running back who was the Gipper, the guy who said that one was for the Gipper after the win one for the Gipper speech at halftime. Um, they defeated Army in that game, uh, which I love. But he went on to uh, join the Marine Corps when World War II broke out. And he was doing a cushy coaching job. And he told the Marines, I want to go to the front. And they accommodated him, and he was on the opening wave of those who landed at Iwo Jima, and he was killed as part of the opening, the first wave. And he was bestowed the Medal of Honor for his courage and valor in combat. So bravo to Notre Dame football and that heritage for sure. 
who better to give us that perspective than the historian at the U.S. Naval Institute himself, Ward Carroll. We're going to go to break and uh, we are going to come back and talk to Catherine Tappan. She runs the NBC pregame and halftime coverage for the Notre Dame game, formerly of NBC's coverage of the NHL, which literally just stopped. And she is the cousin of Stanford Shaw, who was a 2006 graduate from the Naval Academy, who was tragically killed. She's going to give us her perspective on that, this rivalry, and all things Navy. Stick with us. We'll be right back after break. This week's episode of Sing Second Sports is brought to you by our sponsors at Red Red Wine Bar and Dry 85 in downtown Annapolis. Coming to town for a football game? Is it your class reunion or just looking for a place to chill on a Friday or Saturday night? Red Red Wine Bar and Dry 85 are staples in the Annapolis Main Street scene. Whether you're in the mood for a good Cabernet at the wine bar or an old fashioned and a Dry 85 burger, both locations will take care of you. Special thank you to Brian and Lisa Bolter, the owners of both establishments, for being fantastic supporters of the Sing Second Sports podcast. Now back to the pod. Hey, hey, everyone. We are back from break, and we are so happy to be joined as we ramp up our Notre Dame pregame coverage. Uh, we're joined by Catherine Tappan of NBC Sports. Uh, Catherine's been covering uh, the Notre Dame-Navy rivalry for quite some time, has a very unique perspective on it both professionally and personally. And before I get into too much preamble about your bio, I'm sure people know who you are, Catherine. The biggest thing that I want to know from you and what the listeners want to know is, what does this particular rivalry mean to you? You've covered hockey, you've covered football, you've covered all the major sports for years and years. Um, What does this one particularly mean to you? Because I remember some poignant moments between you and me uh, when I was the PAO, we were covering the game and Admiral Carter and I were in uh, South Bend just sharing time with you. It seems to mean a little bit more to you. Can you walk us through what's so special about the Navy Notre Dame rivalry? Yeah, that was fun being with uh, Slapshot Carter. Uh, well, first off, John, thanks so much for having me. I mean, it's, it's an honor because um, I just care so deeply about the Naval Academy and have a lot of personal connections that we'll get into in a moment. But, um, you know, covering this game. So this is my eighth season covering Notre Dame football on NBC. And so this has to be, I guess, the fourth, fifth time I've done the actual Navy Notre Dame game because it's always we do the home games. What makes it so unique for me is that I mean, these midshipmen are just exceptional humans, right? They're not even, we're not even talking student athlete. I mean, aside from that, what their schedule is like, what they're like, you know, outside of the football field is what I try to dive into throughout the week in order to bring those stories to the air on Saturday. So for me, being able to cover this game, it's just so great during the week, talking to the parents of some of these amazing young men that are going to go off and serve our country in some capacity and talk to their parents, get to know them personally, talk to them, um, talk to coach Kenny Amatololo. We talked to him yesterday during our production meetings. And, you know, what he has to do as a head coach at the academy is very different than any other college football coach in the FBS. You know, what he has to deal with, with these, the demands of their schedules. And so it's such a unique perspective at this game. And then you factor in the history. This is 93 years. These two teams have been playing against one another. We missed it last season for the very first time ever due to COVID. So excited that it's going to be back that we have it on NBC. But, you know, I've had the opportunity just this week alone to talk to John Marshall's family, to talk to Diego Fago's family, to talk to Michael Cooper and talk to Diego himself and John as well. And just learning so much about them. I said to our producer yesterday, I said, we're not gonna have enough time on this. Like I need a whole separate show to talk about these amazing stories. Um, 
you know, and tomorrow we're going to sit with the Notre Dame players and coaches and the, the mutual respect that these two teams have and share with one another is just incredible. I mean, what you hear the Notre Dame players talk about with the Navy guys and vice versa, um, it truly is competition, camaraderie, um, loyalty, history, tradition, all combined into one game. So I absolutely love this game. I stand on the sidelines. I get teary eyed a lot with the national anthem and, you know, all the midshipmen that make the journey from Annapolis and they've got their you know beautiful jackets on. And it's just, it's an awesome, awesome game to cover. So I'm going to ask you to take your storytelling hat off for a second and put on your Mike Tirico, Drew Brees hat <laughs> and, and kind of evaluate it. You've had to follow a bunch of Notre Dame's games this year. They're kind of the cardiac kids, uh, the, the, you know, the incredible game against Florida State, some really you know, close victories along the way, the loss to Cincinnati, and now Navy sandwiched in between Virginia and UNC. How do you evaluate Navy's chances in this game, you know, particularly given how schizophrenic they've been, some huge losses, some surprising wins, and now catching Notre Dame in between two tough ACC opponents? How do you see this playing out? Well, what's unique always about this game that I've learned in the past is to never rule Navy out because they do, as you mentioned, they cause fits to every opponent. I mean, we saw what they did to Cincinnati this year. Notre Dame thinks about this game. We talked to the defensive coordinator just last week leading up to the UNC game, and he was like, I don't even want to look at next week because, and this is Marcus Freeman who had to try and contain Notre Dame at one point when he was with Cincinnati as well. Uh, sorry, uh, Navy had to contain Navy. So, you know, you look at the fact that the Naval Academy, the unique triple option offense, um, the the grit and the, the speed that they play with. Don't look at their record because it's always going to pose a challenge to Notre Dame. And yes, Notre Dame is all over the map this season. They've been very hard to figure out, you know, three quarterbacks, two quarterbacks defense has, you know, had their learning curves. They seem to be in a pretty good rhythm now, but the offense, you know, one weekend against USC, they're playing up tempo last weekend against UNC. We see all the depth at, at, at command and it's like, okay, we're going to use the running back. We're going to use the air attack. It's all up for grabs. So we don't know what we're getting every week with the Notre Dame fighting Irish. And then you factor in what they're going to deal with this weekend with a loaded, you know, I mean, this, this Navy team is always talented. They always play hard. It's a tremendous atmosphere. They have a lot of pride when they come to Notre Dame, they've got a lot of family members that make the journey to come. So we're going to see the best out of Navy that we see every all season long. We see it at, against Notre Dame. So um, it's, it's, it's an awesome rivalry between these two, but I think when you look at X's and O's, like just take the records off the table because this game is going to come down to execution. And I hope we see a really good game. Like we saw in 2016 with Navy bringing it to, you know, Notre Dame and, and defeating them. So um, I always, I always come into it saying, Oh, Navy's not doing too well this season. That's a bummer. They're going to face, you know, the number 10 fighting Irish, and then they give it to them. So uh, I think we're going to see a good, I hope we're going to see a good game on Saturday. So you mentioned the quarterback play uh, for Notre Dame. I'll ask you your own personal quarterback play. What's it like trying to break in a guy like Drew Brees, like always a slow learner, not very athletic. What's it like <laughs> trying to, to break in Drew Brees into like the nuances of this rivalry? Because again, you're, you're connected to it personally and professionally. How's it been to kind of break him into the coverage here? Yeah. Well, what's been interesting is, you know, Drew is so he's just a student of the game, but he's also just, uh, you know, loves to learn. And that's one thing I've learned about him in the short time I've been with him as a broadcasting partner, you know, Drew does his homework and he knows a lot. And he's also very, very involved in the military. He has a lot of connections himself. Um, but, you know, throughout the week, there've been certain times that we've had to, you know, we, for example, yesterday, we mentioned that um, a lot of these young midshipmen have gone to the Navy prep Academy before they get to the Naval Academy. So he wasn't aware of that kind of filter system into the Navy 
Naval Academy um, that we all already knew about. Um, he's, you know, he's got to learn their schedules. We've, we've explained to him what the demands are from these gentlemen from, you know, the time they wake up at six or whatever time it is until the time they go to bed. I mean, it is a full jam packed schedule, but what was interesting about Drew this week on the player calls that we had, um, you know, he, he asked, he asked Ty about what it's like being quarterback. What is it? What are the challenges and the demands of life, you know, off the football field, like you're, you're training to be a member of our armed services at some point in your life. And you also play football, you know? So it's, you know, most guys that play football in college, they can just focus on football, but these young men have so much more on their plate. So Drew learned, you know, he's learning that throughout the week. And I think, you know, that's going to help the broadcast. Um, you know, Mike does such an amazing, amazing job weaving in the, the military connections and what, what the demands are on these midshipmen outside of the football field. And Drew has been hearing that all week long and he'll be ready to go on Saturday as he is every week. I mean, I'm just, I am amazed at his preparation and I'm not surprised because we saw what he did in the NFL for forever, but um, it's been fun watching him break down the triple option offense. He loves it. He says it's, you know, part of the fundamental of, of football. It's just basic work hard type of football. And he loves that. So I think you'll hear him be pretty enthusiastic about the way Navy's playing on Saturday. Maybe we could have squeezed a couple more years out of Drew if they would have worked in like the triple option in New Orleans. There you go. There you go. (laughs) So second to last question, if Navy, if Navy ever schedules the uh, Rutgers Scarlet Knights again, uh, you know, who do you root for? Oh my gosh. I have a hard time rooting against Navy. I got, I got to tell you, you know, there's just so much uh, that I love about the Naval Academy and this team and coach Nia Matalolo. I mean, I, I don't know. I'd probably, I don't, I don't, I can't root against my alma mater. Maybe I'll just root for a really good game. Um, But I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm looking forward to, you know, this one on Saturday. And I, I always, I always have a sweet spot. You know, I stand on those sidelines. I just want these kids to win. I want them to go into a big stage in a big place like Notre Dame. I mean, you, you love to see an upset. You just, you know, you love to see that. So, and that's what it would be on Saturday if they're able to win. That's what we'd be rooting for. So as we go out, Catherine, you know, my second favorite memory, or actually my first favorite memory, other than I think you, me and Slapshot walked by like <laughs> Jalen Smith uh, on the field for Notre Dame a couple of years ago. And I remember thinking like, how is any Navy player going to like, block this dude he was the most gigantic human being I had ever seen uh but leading up to that game you would come out to the yard and we walked around and you and Flutie and the rest of the gang we were getting interviews with coach Niamat and the rest of the players and you would ask me to go up to Memorial Hall uh and show you um you know the name of Stanford Shaw up on the uh up on the Memorial Hall wall um he was your cousin he died back in 2015 in a Black Hawk crash Walk me through how special your relationship is with him and how you think of him every day as you guide yourself through, you know, what the importance of service and sacrifice are. Yeah, even I mean, even you just asked me the question, I get choked up just because his memory and his spirit is so vibrant in my life every day. We were like brother and sister growing up very, very close. Uh, that was an unthinkable tragedy that I couldn't have never imagined. And I would not wish on anybody. Um, and the young men that he was killed with and the young men that we continue to see that serve our, our country and, and sacrifice their lives to do so. It is the most high honor that any of these young men can, can do. And that's what they train to do. And I respect that, but it's, it's incredibly tragic on all of us. Um, being at Memorial hall, you know, I had been to the Naval Academy to, to see Ford and had been there a couple times in passing, like if I was going on one of my races in college and it went through Annapolis, I'd always stop and see him. Um, but it was, 
shortly after his death that I was on the yard for the first time as a broadcaster, we had the Navy Notre Dame game at Notre Dame that, that year. And so typically we do go to the opposing school. We try to the week of the game. Um, sometimes schedules don't allow it this year. It did not, but so we were down there. Um, so he perished, he passed away in March. Uh, and we were down there, I guess it was October sometime around there, John, November, maybe. And it was the first time I was seeing his name uh, on the wall at Memorial Hall. It was the first time I was back on the yard without him and without, you know, there's just so many emotions. And, and it, it's interesting because every week, the week of this game every year that I have to cover, I just, it's, it's triggers all over the, all over again. And, um, you know, I wear his Memorial bracelet on my wrist and, um, I've gotten heavily involved in the Marine Raider foundation. I'm on the board member there in his honor and, and to try and, you know, keep his memory alive. That's, that's the one thing my aunt said to me the the day we found out he was killed was, I just don't want anybody to forget him. And, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing is to just keep talking about him, keep reminding people, not just about Ford, but about all of the other men and women that put their lives on the line so that we can do what we do. I mean, I talk about football for a living. I talk about hockey for a living and these amazing sports. I can do that because the young men at the Naval Academy and the Air Force and the Army and the enlisted men go off and protect our country. Um, so it's it's a hard game for me every year. Um, there are a lot of triggers and even just talking to, you know, Diego Fago the other day and he said he wants to do Marine Corps ground and you know, I get choked up and I think about my gosh, that's like the, you know, it's it's one of the most classified and highest honors you can do graduating the Naval Academy going into the Marine Corps. Like how cool is that for this young man to want to do that? Um, and, and it, it's, it's a difficult week for me, but I remember so vividly those memories walking around. You were so kind to show me around, um, you know, Memorial hall and, and we got to see Admiral Carter's home and, and spend some time with him. And that was really special too. And just having people come up to me and thanking me, you know, for Ford's service. And it's just nice to know that people cared and, and cared about his memory and cared about his legacy. So I know that's always there at the Naval Academy. They bring my aunt and uncle back a lot for football games. I think they've been back twice this season because they honor the gold star families at one point in the beginning of the year. And then it happened to be Ford's 15th anniversary this past week or two weekends ago. So they were down there for that, but um, it means a lot, you know, as hard as it is, for my aunt and uncle and all of us to, to have those reminders. It's so it's nice to live it. And it's nice to, that people still say his name and, and the men and women that he's been with and that have lost their lives as well. We just have to continue to keep them alive in our hearts and in our spirit. And this week is he's, he's definitely with me. So for sure. <laughs> well, uh, I'll tell you what, Catherine, uh, Chris and I had the chance to hang out the class of 2006 tailgate and, and he was, he was there in spirit. Um, you oh. can tell how much his classmates uh, loved him and missed him. And, and I assure you, he will not be forgotten, nor will um, any of those names on the wall at Memorial Hall um, be forgotten. I, I just have to thank you so much for being an amazing supporter of this rivalry, an amazing supporter of the Naval Academy. Thank you for giving it the coverage uh, that I think it deserves. And and here's to a good game on Saturday. Thank you so much for joining sure. us. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Catherine Tappan of NBC Sports. We're going to go to break with Sing Second Sports. All right, friends. The weather is getting colder. The leaves are changing. And you know what that means. It's college basketball time. The Navy Men's Basketball Veterans Classic is back for another year. See the Mids take on Virginia Tech for a huge matchup in Annapolis on Friday, November 12th at 8.30 p.m. Tickets are on sale now at NavySports.com backslash tickets. And while you're on NavySports.com backslash tickets, 
Be sure to get tickets for Navy's final home game against East Carolina on November 20th at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis. Tickets are still available. Don't miss your last chance to see the Mids play in Annapolis. And to make sure that you're prepared for basketball season and for the cooler temperatures, make sure you go to NavySports.com and click on the Shop tab. All of the latest Navy Under Armour sideline gear is available. They've got you covered with sweatshirts, jackets, replica jerseys, sideline polos, t-shirts, and other novelty items. And it's never too early to start Christmas shopping for your favorite Navy fan. So head on over to NavySports.com today. Now back to the pod. Hey, hey, we are back at Sing Second Sports. This is our graduate segment. So happy to be joined by class of 2004 football player Ben Matthews. Uh, ben is going to catch us up with what he's been doing since graduation and what his experience was like on the football team. So first off, Ben, thanks so much for joining us. How are things going? Good, John. Thank, thanks for having me. I appreciate coming on. Yeah, no problem. So, you know, in short, uh, once you graduated in 2004, catch our listeners up, you know, some people who may remember you from the Brotherhood with uh, what you've been up to and what you do now. So post-graduation, I uh, TAD uh, as, as, uh, as an assistant coach, uh, pr- primarily because I had a pretty major, major surgery about three weeks prior to, to, um, to graduation. I, I blew out my knee at the, uh, uh, during the Rutgers game and uh, had a meniscal allograft, basically a, a meniscal transplant three weeks before graduation. And um, so stayed on as a TAD, um, was commissioned in the Marine Corps, uh, and then was uh, medical out of the Marine Corps about two years later, um, just because of my knee had been so bad, it just kept tearing and, and whatnot. Um, shortly after that, you know, I worked as a project manager for a construction company very shortly, and, and then uh, joined the Department of Defense as a civilian and been doing that since uh, 2007. So it's been pretty good. And I'm currently uh, uh, posted up at the Cybercom uh, over on Fort Meade and uh, still living in the Annapolis area, although I'll be over on the Eastern Shore. I've uh, been, been uh, working and, and uh, coaching Little League and high school football uh, for the last probably six years. And uh, I'm uh, married with uh, three three great children, so we're we're, we're living we're living the Eastern Shore life, <laughs> and that is a good life. Um, yes, sir. Not as good as a Southern Maryland life, as Chris Cervello might say, but still a pretty darn good life. So catch me catch me up, Ben. You know, maybe as Notre Dame this weekend. Walk me through your games against Notre Dame. What are your most vivid memories of that rivalry? Well, I, I can tell you. So, so Notre Dame was was always a special place for me growing up because uh, uh, my my grandfather played at Notre Dame. Uh, he uh, won two national championships during his time there, and so growing up as a, as a kid uh, in in the in in the Pittsburgh area, you know, you had the Pitt loyal the loyal following, and then of course, uh, you know, we had the, uh, my grandfather's side. Uh, you know, huge, huge Notre Dame. So I grew up a Notre Dame, huge, huge Notre Dame fan, and uh, um, of course. Uh, you know, when, when the time came, I, I chose to go to Navy and I figured, well, if you can't play for Notre Dame, I mean, you might as well play against them. And, and you know, had a, had a great opportunity to do that, you know, for, for four different years. And, and uh, uh, my, my grandfather since since passed, but, you know, was able to make it to, to every game. So, I mean, it was a really special thing for me. So I, I don't necessarily remember the details of each of your matchups, but when you were playing against Notre Dame, you know, anything memorable, like did one year stand out as a year that you really thought you could get them, that you were going to end that long streak? 
um, you know, or, or how, how did it actually play out between the stripes? Well, I, I, I can tell you, uh, I can tell you uh, the, the closest that we ever made to Notre Dame was, was a uh, senior year. We lost well, to a, with a field goal. I think it was with like three seconds on the clock. Um, so that, that was a, that, that, that was certainly a tough loss. Uh, and I think it was at Notre Dame, if I, if I remember correctly. To be fair, it's been a while. So <laughs> my, my memory's a little foggy on that, you know, whether it's, it's time or, or, or the, uh, the brain damage suffered during those games. But, but long and short of it is, is uh, I mean, like some of the biggest memories that I remember uh, as a freshman heading down to, um, uh, it was, I think it was the Citrus Bowl down in, in uh, Florida. And we were playing Notre Dame. Of course, Julius Jones back then was playing, and, and we're getting ready to warm up. Uh, it, you know, uh, we're, we're in the corner lining up as linebackers, and, and uh, you know, I was I was blessed enough to to get pulled up to varsity as a freshman. And I remember warming up, and the mascot for Notre Dame uh, is is walking past us, and he points and laughs at me. He's like, "Ha ha! Look at that guy. He's the snapper." Because I had these little noodle arms sticking out of my my shoulder pads <laughs> as, a, as a as a freshman weighing one ninety. <laughs> going against you know guards and tackles that are three twenty five. When you when you get mocked by a leprechaun, that is that is way low on the yeah. Pole it, it, of, it, 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 uh, it was it was it was a bad day. It was a bad day. <laughs> well, kind of on a related note, Ben. You know, it, you you talked about your own injury woes. You know, both while you were there and and then you know with your medical retirement. Um, you know, and, and your evolution as, as an athlete from when you showed up freshman year to being an impactful player, seeing senior year, what is the physical mission given you? What did it teach you during your four years there? We've started this podcast as a way to highlight what the merits of that physical mission are, that it makes you successful um, beyond what you're doing in the here and now as an athlete, that as MacArthur said, upon the fields of friendly strife are sown the seeds of victory. So walk me through what the physical mission has meant to you as you've gone on to a very successful civilian career. Well, I, I think I think the biggest piece, and I think I think the key to to to, to my success, and I think to the success of all the teammates that, that I played with, is is number one. Uh, ensuring that you know that we're hitting the weights in the off season, we're doing all the things that we need to do to you know to to, to make ourselves better in the off season. But I think the biggest piece to that is is uh, you really don't realize until you leave the academy, like the 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 caliber of of people and the competitiveness that you really surround yourself with. I mean, you, you kind of take it for granted. You know, everyone is just as competitive as you are. Everyone wants to be there as, as much as you do. And everyone's bought into the system as much as you are. Right. So you kind of take that for granted. And, and, um, and what that, I think that does is that, is that really pushes you and you in turn push each other. You know, I, you know, we used to laugh about it, but I mean, what, one of my most favorite Bible quotes now is iron sharpens iron, like one man sharpens another. And Charlie Weatherby used to say that every day. And I, again, something I took for granted, but I think that there's, there's some, there's some real truth behind that because I mean, every day that, you know, we were competing against each other, not only as brothers, but just as, as a way to get better, you know, and, and get better for that next game, that next season, that next down, that next play. Well, speaking of iron sharpening iron, and as I let you go here, I just wanted to ask you one last question. I was particularly struck by an article I read actually when it came out a long time ago, um, 2011, I believe, um, an article in the Baltimore Sun about uh, Travis Manning and Brendan Looney. Um, and the quote says this, they're probably the two best guys I've ever known and the two best guys I ever will know. 
Um, I think it means something that they're together, meaning that they're buried together at Arlington. It's terrible that they had to give their lives, but they're shining examples of what Americans can strive to be. Um, that was said by you um, as their very good friend. As we go out, what, what would you want people to know about Brendan and Travis and the bond that you all formed um, and what their legacy, what they gave their lives for, what it should mean to people when they're thinking about what the Naval Academy is? I, I think that, uh, um, you know, uh, I, I could speak, uh, you know, very, very specifically in, in to, to Brennan in, in his case. I mean, I, I attribute a lot of, of my physical growth from kind of what we were talking about to, you know, from, from 190 pounds, you know, freshman year to coming back sophomore year, junior year, you know, is, is a very fit, you know, two, two twenty, two thirty, Right. And I attribute a lot of that because Brennan Looney was my lifting partner. And man, we, we just, we just pushed each other. I mean, we pushed each other to the point where he, you know, if we weren't throwing up at the, at the end of the workout, well then like we weren't doing it right. And the biggest thing that I want to be able to say about guys like Brennan and, and certainly um, I, I knew Travis very, very well, not certainly is, is, uh, is on, on the football side of the house, but uh, just as, as two guys um, that, that were never satisfied with where they were in terms of, their development morally, mentally, and physically. And, and it always just impressed me on how they conducted themselves both on and off the field and how not only did they, not only did they, did they conduct themselves with, with, with honor and, and, uh, but also challenged others that were in their presence to do the same. And, and some of the things that I miss most about that is, is just the fact that, again, you don't realize until guys like that are gone that, you know, you're in the company of such great men. So well said, Ben, and I, I appreciate that perspective and hearing things like this. Um, it's why we do this podcast, so I thank you. Um, you've made time this week. I really appreciate it. Go Navy, beat Notre Dame, and we can't wait to have you back on. Thank you, sir. You have a great night. All right, you too, Ben. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Ben Matthews of the Class of 2004. When we come back, we're going to actually bring you some audio from Brian Kelly, uh, the head coach of Notre Dame, from his presser. Um, so stick with us. This is Think Second Sports. If you're looking for more in-depth coverage of Navy football, check out Bill Wagner, Keenan Reynolds, and Eric Catani on the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V, Believe. They do a recap show that looks just at the week that was in Navy football. And then they do a pod later in the week that looks ahead at the upcoming game. You can find that podcast and it's called Believe in Navy Football, B-L-E-A-V in Navy Football. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. So in addition to Sing Second Sports, check out Believe in Navy Football. Now back to the pod. All right, we are back. We are now going to bring you a little bit of our audio from uh, Brian Kelly's uh, press conference. He's the Notre Dame head coach. I was able to get on there and ask him a couple of questions about the rivalry and about this game without any further ado. Here is that audio. Coach uh, John Schofield with Sing Second Sports, a podcast about Naval Academy sports. If you can walk me through what the uh, significance of this rivalry is, particularly after last year with it's supposed to be in Ireland, it gets canceled, you then schedule the ACC slate, which kind of takes Navy off. What's, what's the importance of this rivalry getting back uh, you know, back to normal um, with an important trip to uh, Notre Dame. And then I have a follow-up after that. Yeah. So, you know, who we are as, as a, um, 
you know, football program is, is built around um, some of these traditional um, matchups that this football program um, built in its early infancy. And, and Navy is one of it, one of those important ones. And, you know, we know the historical significance of this um, from the number of times that this game has been played. But I think it really centers around being independent and, and playing, you know, Navy um, and, and having the opportunity to, to play the Naval Academy because we, you know, certainly have such respect and um, reverence for what, you know, they do for, you know, obviously our country. So this is just part of being independent is getting the opportunity to play the Naval Academy. And now that we're, you know, we were in the ACC last year in a one shot deal. It obviously put this game on hold, but, you know, I think the significance is we just, you know, signed up another uh, contract for 10 years. So um, you can, you can understand how important this, this game is to, uh, to both schools. It's never easy to adjust from the schedule that you play to play a triple option team, particularly a team as kind of schizophrenic as Navy has been this year. Um, it, walk me through the difficulty of scheduling going from one ACC team to a triple option and then another ACC team the next week. How has it affect your, affected your preparation? Which player on the Navy side of the ball um, is really giving you headaches as you've been scouting and preparing? I think it's the system more than anything else. I mean, you know, the, the, there's been some quarterbacks in, in years past that have been just superior in terms of their, uh, their athletic ability. They have a really good quarterback this year. Um, but, but I think, you know, more than anything else, it's the system itself that you're going against um, and, and how important it is to be, um, you know, so fundamentally sound uh, and, and you, you've got to win one-on-one matchups and, you know, that's the thing. You're, you're, you're playing uh, an offense that you don't see the rest of the year. We didn't see it last week and we won't see it next week. So you have to shift gears. You're not doing things in your practice schedule that you normally do. So it's, it's really getting out of a comfort zone more than anything else. And um, that's difficult because you're, you're so used to getting into routines. And so maybe get you out of that routine. Thanks to the Notre Dame sports information staff for giving us access to Coach Kelly. Hopefully between Catherine Tappan, between um, Brian Kelly, between Wags, Ward, um, and Chris, you've gotten a full-scale evaluation of what uh, we can look for on Saturday against Notre Dame, and now it's just up to the guys to get a win. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll take this out with updates on how men's soccer did, women's soccer did, and what lies ahead for the weekend other than football. This is Sing Second Sports. Thanks again for listening to Sing Second Sports. A special thank you to our sponsors, Academy Consulting, Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar, The Graduate Hotel, and Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis. Now back to the pod. All right, hey, hey, we are back. Uh, I'll tell you what, and and Chris, uh, I'm going to ask you your opinion here in a second, but I, I can't remember a pod that was, that was more fun to do. Uh, talking to Catherine, she's just, absolutely phenomenal and and a great supporter of the navy and and the naval academy um ben matthews just a certified badass and then really nice getting an opportunity uh to get a couple of questions in with brian kelly um for the most part i'll tell you what i i feel i feel really confident there's still that part of me that really hopes that i don't turn on nbc like 
after accidentally missing the first five minutes and we're already down 14, nothing, but I'll tell you what fun interviews this week and, and a great way to, to usher in the Notre Dame weekends, you know, share with us before we break down the soccer results. What are your plans? How are you going to watch the game? Well, we have an exciting morning of kids sports. Uh, and then uh, I'll head back here to the Cervelo compound in Palm coast. And we'll, uh, we'll crowd around the TV and watch Navy beat Notre Dame. So uh, it'll be an exciting afternoon. How about you? Uh, I think I'm going to do the same thing. Um, I'm very happy to be playing in the Annapolis touchdown club uh, golf tournament with the other two legs of the sing second sports stool in wags and ward uh, tomorrow, along with our uh, sponsor dry D five owner, Brian Bolter. I fully expect to bring home the, uh, the silverware and then just relax on Saturday and hopefully thaw out. It's going to be a cold day tomorrow, colder, than you would want it to be from your Palm Coast perspective, but it should be fun. I think it's going to be great. And and again, the second that I see Catherine tap and lead in with the uh, with the pregame, it's just going to warm my heart. She's the best. So let's quickly go to the other major results from this week. In fact, the last couple of days, men's soccer. Let's start there. Jacob Williams slotted home a goal. He's just had an amazing season. But that was the only good news for Navy over there in Washington, D.C. for the ridiculous Wrigley Field. We can only play day games against American. Uh, American slots home three, beats us 3-1, drops us to the five seed, which means now when we were playing to be the two seed and have the weekend off, um, we now have to play in the quarters uh, against Lehigh, travel up to Bethlehem, and play Lehigh at 6 o'clock on Saturday in the Patriot League semi. So good luck to OD and the men. He even said it right after the game. He was like, we dominated possession. We had it. American made the most of their opportunities. They had them. They took them. And they made them. Navy had a preponderance of them and could not convert. And that's where we, that's where we are. Uh, we're the five seed and really going to have to work. Going to have to win three games in order to get into the NCAAs. The good thing is that if you go up to Lehigh and win there, um, your most likely next two destinations are going to be in the state of Maryland, or at least in Washington, D.C., as Loyal and American are the top two seeds. So let's see what happens there. Um, women's soccer, the season ends tonight. Um, it, it just breaks my heart to say that because I'm thinking of uh, Victoria Tran and Carolyn Mang and the rest of the seniors um, they, they dropped a one nil, um, a one nil decision to a Bucknell team that always seems to come down here and beat us. I was very frustrated by it. Uh, Dita slotted home in the 93rd minute, uh, uh right footed. Yeah. Great shot, but yeah, we just couldn't get chances. There were no, there was no chemistry. We didn't get our first shot on goal ladies and gentlemen, until the 87th minute. And, and I know that that's just going to make Karen and Rob and the rest of the Navy soccer fans really frustrated as we go into the offseason where this team was really, really clicking. And then, it, as it always seems to be, you know, thankfully the last time you know, they played in the Patriot League tournament, we actually won and we were able to go to the NCAAs. But in this particular case, it, it did not work out and we'll be watching the NCAAs this year. So disappointing uh, result for women's soccer. We'll see how uh, they rebound and and how the the amazing you know plebes of Graziano and and Riddle can come back uh, for their sophomore campaign and with a lot of other returning talent uh, really be good. You got to replace uh, what 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 I think was a difference maker in midfield at center mid with in Victoria Tran. So 
Um, I'll tell you what, great pod, not so great results the last couple of days on the pitch, but we'll get them back next time. Uh, here's to a great victory against Notre Dame on Saturday. Hey, John, before we go out, um, Scott Strassmeyer just sent out an email. Uh, I guess we know what we're going to be doing on August 26th in 2023. Looks like we're going to Ireland. Let's get a Viva Loca. Um, I just made that up now. I feel like I'm freestyling. Uh, we're going to live a Viva Loca in Ireland in August of 2023. Thank goodness the series is going back to Ireland after it was canceled this past year because of COVID. And then the game canceled altogether because of, I don't know, the ACC. We get to go to Ireland to play Notre Dame. First game of the year uh, in 2023. Awesome news for Chris Cervello, the Jimmy the Greek of the group. Ward Carroll and Wags, who I hope play their best golf tomorrow. I am John Schofield. Thank you for listening to Sing Second Sports. We will see you for the Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis postgame pod on Sunday. And speaking of Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis, let me just thank our sponsors, Dryd5 and Red Red Wine Bar in Annapolis. Thank you so much to Brian Bolter, Lisa, and the rest of the staff there for being so great. Listen in as we get closer to the Veterans Classic next Friday for a possible live pod with Chris, Wags, Ward, and me from Dryd5 on Wednesday in Annapolis. More to come on that. Also, thank you to the Montana 3000 podcast. Thank you to our boy, Nate Connor and Academy Consulting. And thank you, as usual, to all of you, the fans and the Graduate Hotel. When you come in as a fan, stay there. I am John Schofield. For the rest of the group, beat Notre Dame. We are out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of the podcast segments.